regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. Hey, everyone, it's Jacques Hopkins, and welcome to episode 95 of The Online Course Show. The focus of today's episode is on interaction. So this means once someone signs up for your course, should you provide email support, live Q&A calls, should you have a forum or Facebook group, and so on. But this also means what level of interaction should you have with your prospective students as well? So people that haven't signed up for your course yet, but maybe are in your funnel somewhere along the way. And so to discuss all of this, I sat down with Jason Resnick of Rez.com, that's R-E-Z-Z-Z.com, and the Feast online course, which is a course for freelance designers and developers. And Jason believes in a high level of interaction, even going as far as sending everyone that opts into his email list a personal Bonjoro video, which is something you've heard me recommend you do when the amount of email opt-ins you get each day is still manageable. And speaking of Bonjoro, that's exactly who has sponsored today's episode. At this point, I get about 100 email opt-ins a day myself and about three to five course signups. So sending a personalized Bonjoro video to all of my email opt-ins would be impossible. But I do send each and every person who signs up for my course one of these videos, just welcoming them and thanking them for signing up for my course. And you should be doing this too because it adds so much value to your student or prospective student and Bonjoro makes this process as easy as possible. So get started with a free 14-day trial by going to bonjoro.com slash Jacques. That's bonjoro.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. So with that, let's go ahead and jump over to this conversation with Jason right now. Hey there, Jason. Welcome to the Online Course Show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So for people that aren't familiar with you and your work, tell us about your online course. Sure. My online course is for developers and designers looking to build recurring revenue through specialization. It's a little unique in that I, instead of aligning myself with most online courses, I kind of align myself with a college or a university or even high school, even where there's a lot of personalized guidance because not everybody comes in in the same place, but they know that they want to specialize their business. They know they want to build predictable income but they're not really sure how to do it. So I try to meet them where they're at and be able to kind of build out a syllabus for them. So I've heard about all, all kinds of different levels of interaction from no interaction and it's completely you know, on the student themselves to a lot. So what does that mean specifically for you and your course? What does the interaction look like? Yeah, so the interaction basically happens uh, usually further up the chain. And I kind of take a page from my how I built my services business. Now, The online course and coaching platform, that's kind of how I call it, is is that that came by accident. I didn't set out to do that. But people were asking me how I built my web development business. Now, I'm in New York, not a cheap place to live, obviously. But people were like, how do you charge what you charge in the WordPress space on a monthly recurring basis? So after having many, many conversations with folks over the years, I, I was like, okay, I, maybe I could formalize this in some sort of way, right? 
And, you know, the interaction that I get is usually right from the time they opt into my list. I try to reach out to people via Bonjoro, personalized video, 30 seconds or so, just thanking them for opting in. And if they have any questions, feel free to reach out at any time. And that little personalized touch kind of sets the tone right from the start is that I'm here to help in any way that I possibly can, even if it's not me and I can refer you somewhere else, which there's many occasions that I do because I focus with the solo, mostly solo business owners or less than five people on their team. If you're building a virtual agency, there are better people that know how to do that sort of thing. So I try to refer people over there. And so I start right there. And then as they progress and, you know, listen to podcasts of mine, download more resources, those sort of things, it gets to a point where I, you know, my background as a developer and my services is more on the email automation and behavioral marketing side of things kind of have key data points at which somebody indicates through their behavior that they may be a good fit. And so that's what, at what point I'll reach out to them whether it's automatic or me just seeing the boxes sort of tick off, um, reach out and say, hey, want to have a five-minute, 15-minute conversation? I think you might be a good fit for Feast if you haven't already thought about it. Maybe you have some questions. I'd love to be able to answer it. No strings attached sort of thing. And it is high touch, but what I've noticed is that people stay in, right? They, you know, because I'm there, they see that I'm there. I'm not just throwing a Facebook ad at them getting them onto a webinar and then kind of handing them off to a team or something of that nature. It's more the people in the community, they're all kind of like-minded. They're all in a similar space. They're all looking to do the same thing. And so as soon as they join, I schedule a call with them. Now, not everybody takes me up on these things, but I've noticed those that do obviously stay on. But that initial call is really to try to build them a custom syllabus, if you will based around the resources and the lessons, the monthly roundup calls. These are are sort of things that I basically build the syllabus out for them. And then I'm in a Slack channel with them. I have monthly calls with them to be able to then help them in any sort of way that I can. Jason, I have so many questions about... (laughs) I'm fascinated by everything that you just said. So thank you for going through that so thoroughly. And I want to get into it even more. So Right off the bat, let's talk about Bonjoro. You're probably not aware of this, but I'm a huge fan. I promoted on the podcast. They actually, so the owner came on one of the episodes of the podcast and they sponsored the podcast for a while. I love how you're doing that for email opt ins. So, right now, for me personally, I just do it for when people buy my course, my piano course, they'll get a Bonjoro from me and, and they, people love it. I'm sure people love yours as well. But for people, getting a manageable number of email subscribers per day, I do recommend they use a tool like Bonjour to reach out. Give me an idea of like how many email subscribers you're getting per day because that can become unmanageable pretty quickly. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I get about less than five a day. And so, you know, for me, it's manageable right now. And you know, I've talked to some other people too, and they're like, how do you do that? Like that's, and I just basically set aside time in the week to just kind of sit in front of a window and you know, 30 seconds and plow through them all kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, at some point, if I do get enough in there, then I'm going to kind of have to move that initial handshake, if you will, further down the funnel. But until that point, why not do it now? 
do you recommend that pretty much anybody like with an email list getting less than five or 10 email subscribers per day do something like that? Absolutely. I'm notoriously, I'm, I'm always trying things, experimenting with things. And so the level at which a video can impact somebody is at a personal level rather is, is so, so off the charts that there's no reason not to do it. Right. I even did it on Instagram for two weeks. Anytime somebody followed me, then I would, because that's built in, right? Like you could just DM somebody a personalized video. And so I wanted to see what level of engagement I could get from that, even just a social platform that's public and is free and everything else. Well, I've had people come on the podcast for that. I've gone on their podcast for that, all because of a 30 second video just thanking me to follow. So if you're really looking to, you know, widen your net, so to speak, or make a personal connection at a level that most aren't, just take some time and, you know, either sign up to Bonjour or come up with a creative way to, you know, make a video, right? And reach out and just say thanks. That's all you really need to do. Where do you draw the line between other things that you could be doing with your time and all this interaction that you are doing? And, and you know, to add on to that, how do you have time for all this? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. For me, I found that when I don't do that interaction, because I'm still doing services work, like that's the bread and butter. That's what keeps the roof over our heads and such. You know, when I don't do that interaction thing, the side of things, that's when things don't pan out as well. And, you know, maybe people, I don't know, I don't want to say lose touch, but, you know, it, they see it as, oh, this is just every other opt-in that I've got in, or this is every other course that I've bought or something of that nature. And so I look at it as, hey, if this is a recurring piece of leverage part of my business, which it is, then I need to look at that long-term. And if I build that relationship long-term, it's only going to pan off, pan out for everybody involved you know, for the long-term. So I, I look at it basically as the revenue driver to the business. That makes a lot of sense. Obviously, the response you've gotten from Bonjoro's, the personal emails, has been very positive. Uh, do you have any negative experiences at all with that? <laughs> the only negative thing I get, and I, I don't know that it's negative, is that people, they're like, how did you automate this? The, the cynicism around that, even though I'm saying, you know, personally, the person's name, what they downloaded, like all of the box, like there's no way that you can automate a 30 second video in that way, right? And so people respond back like, how did you automate this? What tool did you use? Like, you know, the, there's that skepticism there. But that's like, I don't know, I would say one in a hundred, maybe one in 90, mm-hmm. they get like that. But like on the flip side of it is, is like people are like, holy cow, I've never got this before. Like, this is awesome. Like, you know, I just downloaded an onboarding sequence from your website and you're sending me a 30 second clip thanking me that that's awesome. Like you almost instantly create a fan. Yeah. And, and somebody just asking, Hey, how did you automate this? Isn't even negative. It's just, um, yeah, I would almost say it's a positive because then they're, they're reopening this chain of communication. I know for me one time, I think it was, the guy's name was like John, something very generic. And he was like, he replied to my bonjour and he, he was just like, I know that's automated, but thanks anyway, or something like that. And it, 
it struck me because it wasn't automated. I took the time <laughs> to record that video for him. So ever since I got that message, like I've always tried to try to include one additional personal element into the video other than their first name, like calling out exactly which plan they signed up for, what date they signed up for it. Just so just because that that irked me that he thought it was automated <laughs> when it absolutely was not. Absolutely. And, and what's funny is, is there's this YouTube ad that follows me every now and then. And my wife and I were sitting on the couch one day. I hit on a YouTube link and this ad came up. And initially I thought it said, Hey, Jason. And I was like, wait a second. Like, okay, that's ultra creepy. Like, what the heck is that? So it was like, I, I wanted to keep re-triggering this ad somehow. Right. Like, because I, I even said to my wife, I said, you hear that? She goes, yeah. What's wrong with that? I said, that was an ad that said that not, it wasn't like anything that was sent to me. And she goes, no, there's no way that they can do that. And she does all the display ads and such like that. Like, I was like, do you know what this is? Like, you know, it's what I found out later was it, it said, Hey, I'm Jason. Like the host said it so quickly that it like grabbed my attention. I don't even know what it was for. It was for funnel building or something of that nature, but it was just like, I was like, Holy cow. But yeah, I mean, people are strange when it comes to that, especially in the tech world. And I, you know, I cater, I help, you know, developers and designers and they're in that space and they're, they're always, they're always looking for that next edge or that next thing or that shiny object when really it's just, Hey, it's old school and it's just, Hey, reaching out and saying, thanks, or can I help you or, you know, anything of that nature. Love it. All right. So you got the idea to make an online course or an online uh, platform service to to help teach people these things because people kept asking you for it. Uh, give me an idea about the time frame this was. And then what are the steps that you took to actually make it? Because I know for me personally, once I got the idea, I was overwhelmed by the steps to actually make it happen. Absolutely. Once I got the idea, there was a, a long time for me to do this. Now, I, I guess I, I thought of the idea probably around 2014 to think about like, maybe I could start formalizing this in some sort of way, but I'm not sure how, I'm not sure what, you know, and all of these other things. And, you know, like you, overwhelmed. And I kind of just backburnered it because I just didn't have the brain, you know, availability to do something like that. And so as I started you know, I was making the podcast and I was doing these things. I was speaking at events and people, more and more people were asking the same question over and over again. And I'm like, I'm not a unicorn. Like if I could do it, then anybody else can do it. It's not rocket science. It's just, you have to really get down and do the work. And so I started looking back at my notebooks, things like, you know, what did I do? How did I, you know, come up with the ideas that I came up with to market myself and do sales and all. So I started kind of like, accumulating all of these things and what resources I could put together with it. And that was kind of like the start of the thing, but I didn't know, do I put this in a course? Do I just put this as like a, you know, $200 product on my website? Like I didn't know how to figure out all the bits and pieces. And then it came down to Troy Dean, who he's, you know, WP Elevation is the founder of WP Elevation, which is a great online course for WordPress consultants. And I was talking with him and I've known him for years because I come from the WordPress space. And he said to me, he's like, why don't you just put it in a course and have a community attached to that so that you can learn more from the community? 
And I said, yeah, it sounds easy, but how do you do that? Like, I don't know how to teach anything. I'm not a teacher. Like, I don't know how to make up a lesson plan because that's kind of how I thought about it. And he came out with this and it it was a course on building a course. And I don't think it's still around at this point, but the framework that he laid out made total sense to me. Like, it was just this like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And it was just like a six by six. It was basically six modules and six lessons in each module and figure out what the transformation between each lesson is and then the whole transformation when somebody goes through the course. So that part, I was like, okay, that's great. I could probably put something together. And I just started jotting down notes and created a cell spreadsheet on this stuff. But then the other element came in where it's like, I don't want it to be something that is just there collecting digital dust on somebody's you know, downloads or, or their computer or bookmarks or whatever. And so I knew I was in other courses, other communities. And so I started to look at what I didn't like, what I did like, how I may, might do something that I sort of like differently and really just crafted this whole ecosystem, which I call Feast. You know, which has a community aspect. It has the coaching platform where I'm essentially handholding you throughout the whole process. It has the resources, it's got 70 plus videos on resources to download and do the things that you want to do if you want to do it self-paced. It was a lot of effort where I wasn't sure all of this stuff would work. And so on the advice of Troy, he said, why don't you just do a paid webinar, teach what you're going to teach, and see if you could book the webinar, right? And I said, okay, I can do that, right? I threw up a landing page and it was, I figured what I was going to do is teach the first two modules of the course. If I could get 10 people in paying for that, just in my own audience, uh, which was minute at that point in time, because I wasn't catering to that group. I wasn't attracting those kind of people. If I could sell 10, then I'm going to try to build this thing out based off of the back of that workshop. And it was a two-day workshop where I basically ran through module one and module two. And the workshop, I called it a workshop. It was really a webinar and each day was two hours. One hour was me going over the methodology and then the other hour was the actual practice, the, the implementation, the work. And so I got 11 people booked and off of the back of that, I got... You know, because the way that I work is I'm all on data. And so I sent out questionnaires on at front and the back of the workshop. I, I took a look at all these things. I wanted to look at what the transformation was, what their expectation was, what they didn't like, what they did like. And out of all of that, my whole sales page was built out because I had gotten testimonials and all that. Other stuff. I didn't even think about that, but I was just like, oh, this is just a sales page. This is great, you know? But what it did was it validated the idea and it validated the idea in which people were willing to pay money. And that for me was the genesis of doing it. And that was 20, that was at the end of 2016 where I ran that workshop. And then in 2017, I was like, okay, let me try to build this course out. And I did that. I grandfathered all of these people in that, that essentially built the thing. And I, I guess it was springtime 2017 is when I launched 
feast, but I didn't really put any effort into it, any marketing, any, any really oomph into it because I still had a lot of services work and I couldn't do that. So I just said, I'm going to dedicate a day a week to this 20% in. And basically what I saw on a return for that was extremely powerful that in 2018, I was just like, all right, let's, let's, let's make a run at this. So let's, let's look at where it stands today. It's a, it's a membership, like a monthly membership fee today, as opposed to a one-time fee, right? Right. What is the, what is the pricing? It's $69 a month, or you could pay annually and get three months free. Okay. So uh, ballpark active members right now? Uh, ballpark active, I would say about 45-ish. Okay. And uh, how long on average are you seeing people stick around? I would about a year and a half. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. And I know I would say the churn basically happens for those that have come in with unexpected, like high expectations of something that it's not. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they basically churn out in the, in the first month. And if they don't, then they hang on. And it's shocking to, because as I said, I, I, I try to communicate with people up front. And I've had people ask, hey, is this going to get me clients? Like, well, if you need clients, you should actually go talk to them. Like, <laughs> stop talking to me uh, because that's where you're going to get the clients from. But I'll help you build the foundation to be able to get clients, market yourself, position yourself in the market that you're in, all of those kind of things. But if you're looking to get a client tomorrow and you need money, then don't pay money here. Like, go spend time on the phone or email or reach out to other people. And I would say about seven out of 10 times of having that conversation, the person joins. And I'm like, <laughs> why? Why? I just told you not to join. Like, and they join because they say, you were honest with me and I wanted to see what was behind the curtain. And those people do churn out after that first month because I know they're going to. I'm like, you're not going to find what you're looking for back here. But you know, it's, it's, it's funny like how just even being a human being, I'm telling you, no, like this isn't going to help. And then they still commit. Right? And I'm like, you want your money back? Because <laughs> you're not going to get, I'll, I don't want to take your money if it's not going to be helpful to you because it doesn't help me. It doesn't help you. And what's the point? And so, but those people that stay on after that month, they're usually there for the long term. What is inside the membership site? Course, you mentioned Slack. What else is in there? Every month we have a monthly roundup call, which I facilitate. Basically, it's the community coming together on a Zoom call like this. And um, we, you know, I facilitate it, right? So a lot of times it's somebody comes there with an idea or a client situation. Um, they want to bounce some things around. They have a question to ask, that kind of a thing. But I try to spark that conversation through a topic of the day, if you will. And it's just an hour long conversation. But, you know, at the top of 10 minutes, sometimes, you know, you have to grease the wheel a little bit to get people to, to open up and talk. So that's what my job is really to basically do that. But I also share wins in the community too. Uh, Slack, we have a wins channel. So, you know, every Friday, post up what your wins are. And so I kind of go and I highlight some people, some members of the community that's doing great things and getting big wins or even making small wins in their business where they're building processes because that's what's going to lead them to bigger wins and things of that nature. I also try to do quarterly checking calls. So like I said, when somebody joins that first week, I want to get them scheduled for a call so that 
and learn a little bit more about where they are and meet them. But the quarterly call is is really just a check-in to say, hey, how are you doing? You know, what problems are you having? It's more of an education for me to be able to figure out what it is that I can do, if I can do anything to help them further. And then outside of that, it's, you know, just, it's really just the Slack group. People DM me from time to time in there. I allow them to book a 15 minute, I call it action taker call with me anytime they want, just as a, as a member of the community. And it's surprisingly low how many people actually take advantage of that, but it's there if they want it. The, the most popular community kind of platform that I, I see people using with online courses would be just Facebook groups. Why did you decide to go with Slack instead of something like that? Well, I had a Facebook group and I, I actually had both. I had Facebook and Slack. The thing with Facebook for me is one, I went with Facebook because of everybody else, but for two, it's everywhere. And like, it's on your phone, it's on your desktop, email. So if there's, you get to get an alert about things. So I thought that that would help spark engagement. But the thing is, is when I want people to come to feast, I want them to come with the intent of work, do the thing that you want to do. I don't want them to get distracted with their niece and nephew's pictures or cat videos or whatever else is all over Facebook. So I just decided to close the Facebook group down and just use Slack. And now my you know, Feast members, they're developers and designers, they're using Slack anyway. So it's not like that's an unknown thing for them. Now, granted, people don't use Slack. They don't sign into Slack unless it's for whatever reason. And that's fine too. I'm okay with that. But it's there if that's what people want to use. Uh, that's, I love it. I, I pretty much just use Facebook today for business purposes. But to your point, it's really easy to get distracted once you're there by, uh, by other things. So I've played around with Slack and it's got some really cool features. And I like, um, I like that reason for staying over there, especially considering who your students are. Like they probably already are using Slack, um, familiar with it, and it doesn't let them get easily distracted by other things. Mm-hmm. All right. So membership, deciding to go with a membership fee, monthly fee versus maybe a one-time fee. Why did you go monthly membership fee? One <laughs> was affordability for the students. Two, my services background and my clients that I've worked with over the years. Now I've been doing service work for almost a decade in my business alone. So those people that have done those lifetime one purchase things, it becomes almost an albatross where they're not sure how to raise breaks. They're not sure how to transition for things. How much do you give and expect you know, hold up the honor of that lifetime membership. What does lifetime mean? Does that mean my lifetime? Or when do I, like, what does that mean, right? And so I was just like, I'm just going to, I appreciate all of those, like, concerns, and especially from my client's end and all that. I was just like, I don't want to deal with that. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I want to make sure that they're getting value in the course at the point in which they are in. I don't want them to you think that, you know, now I'm going to bug them and then they're going to go stale and then whatever, right? Like, and I have, you know, let's say 200 stale people and only, you know, 50 active people and these 200 people signed up four or five years ago, right? And so what does that mean? What does that do for the community? So I want to make sure that people that are 
in there getting the value that they want to get out of the course, the, the platform and all that, I want to make sure that it is added value. And if it's not, then subscription's over. I think it's very, very much a case-by-case basis. And it sounds like doing the monthly membership is a really good fit for your business. I can tell you like with Piano in 21 Days, I could never do a monthly membership because people would be like, I thought I was supposed to learn in 21 days. Like, why do I have to pay month over month? So yeah, right. I, I do give, for that business, I give people like quote unquote lifetime access in case it takes them longer. But um, it's, I, I think it varies greatly. So I, uh, that's why I wanted to ask you specifically about your membership site. The course itself is hosted on what platform? WordPress. WordPress. Which plugin are you using? Restrict Content Pro, actually. Okay. I actually, and I'm a geek and I'm a developer and all that stuff, but I've just layered WooCommerce subscriptions in between that. So I had built out this platform on LearnDash and all these other things to have a social element in it, kind of like, you know, gamification and all these other things, and nobody was using it. And I was like, why am I maintaining this platform that there's no use for it? So I just paired it back and I said, look, all I need is just gated content, right? And that's what people are there. People are in the community. They're doing, you know, in Slack for the community aspect of it. We're using Zoom for the calls and all that stuff. So it's really just the content that needs to be gated and protected. So I just paired it all back and just do it that way. I don't know why I was surprised when you first said that because you are, you do have a background in WordPress development. And so uh, that, that does make a lot of sense. You know, a lot of people today are using things like Teachable. Mm-hmm you know, the, the kind of canned platforms, but it sounds like that's working really well for you. Yeah. I wanted to use my own platform only because uh, I wanted to tie in a lot of things that I couldn't get from those other platforms. Things like checking in from when the person last logged in. I wanted to be able to spark certain emails when they hit a certain point at which they were in the course or, you know, if they got stuck on something or whatever, I wanted to be able to do these sort of things to help nudge people along if they got stuck. Because if they don't complete the course, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for me. It's not good for them. So I want to make sure that that, that happens. Do you have a team helping you? Nope. Just you, huh? Mm-hmm. How do you do it all? <laughs> I guess we kind of we, we went over that already. But like you're doing all these things, man. You're doing the monthly calls. Like You allow people to book 15 minutes with you. All the while, you're still running your freelancing business, right? Yep. You have clients there. I mean, like you have a family. How do you do it all, Jason? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of time management is really what it comes down to. Yeah, I have a family, young family. We've, uh, we just had our second son, so he's two months old. So the lack of sleep is there. So my time management has now, what I could get done in an hour is now more like a day. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is time management. I've always been very disciplined in that. And so I review what I need to do Sunday mornings with a cup of coffee. I basically take a look at my past week, take a look at the upcoming week, plan out everything so that when I, like today's Monday, I knew exactly what I needed to take off the boxes on Monday, uh, hitting the ground working as soon as I wake up in the morning. You know, I knew this podcast was, you know, we were having this podcast now. I, you know, and obviously certain clients have deliverables that I have to do. So I am very diligent about what I allocate my time to, because we're not going to get that back. And I don't really, I, I don't want to say that I don't go down those rabbit holes, but I, 
I tend not to go down those rabbit holes of shiny objects and getting distracted off of the things that I really want to get off, really want to, you know, focus in on. So for me, if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't get done. Well, more power to you, man. Um, that's, I, I rely heavily on my team and I probably <laughs> get lazy sometimes and, and don't work as hard as, as what you just described, but that's awesome that it's working so well for you. As far as the online course goes, I think one of the big questions that sometimes I, I fail to ask and should is like, what has it done for you? Like having an online course, you know, if, if you didn't make this decision two or three years ago to have an online course versus you did make the decision, what does having an online course mean to you and your life? It's pretty simple. It allows me to help other developers and designers achieve the goals that they want to achieve, right? Because for me, you know, like I didn't set out to have my own business because I wanted more bosses. I wanted to work more, that kind of thing. I set out to have time freedom to do what I want. I mean, that was early on. I recognized that. I mean, but when we were on the way home from the hospital with our first son, I turned to my wife and I said, so now what do I do? And she was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like in her mind, I'm sure like, it was like, I don't know why I was thinking that way, but like, she just had a kid right? and I'm asking her, what do I do now? Right. And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I've reached the goal that I set out to do. Like I run a business and so that I could be home to see the first steps and hear the first words. So he's in the back. Now what? Right. Like I've done what I've accomplished. And she, she just laughed and she goes, I don't know, make more money. <laughs> but, but in reality, for me, it was like, that's the aha moment where I said, how can I help others have that moment where they now, you know, whether it's spending time with family, whether it's traveling, whether it's working with a specific passion project that they really, you know, can get behind and want to work on, whatever that thing is for them. I want to help as many people get there as possible. So for those that are just starting out uh, in online courses, maybe they're back in your shoes when you just got your idea. What, what advice do you have for somebody just like that just starting out? Talk to whoever you think is your ideal student. Have conversations. It has to start there because what you think is the solution and what you think the language is. I mean, it goes back to what I said about the, the workshop that I ran. I had no idea what that sales page was going to look like. But off of the back of that workshop that I ran and the conversations that I had with people, I heard the words that they used. I heard you know, how they felt about certain things. And all of that stuff matters because it's the transformation of the student, right? Where they're at today and where they want to get to, right? So you know, when you start college, the ultimate transformation is to get a good job at the end, right? Like that's the, that's the idea of college, right? So if you're running a course, whatever that course is and whatever solution that you're providing to them, know what that is in their minds, not in your mind. And then once you have those conversations, you're going to start to see like, maybe I need to move this way a little bit, maybe to the right or to the left of where I'm headed. And be open to their ideas. 
what are they looking to is how they learn, right? They might learn. Some people learn video. I'm much, I'm a very visual learner. Some people much rather read. Some people much rather just listen to audio, right? So hear what, how these people want to learn and then apply that to, to whatever you're building. Well, Jason, it's been a pleasure, man. Congratulations on, on all the success with this. Uh, to wrap things up, why don't you uh, let us know if there's anything else you want to share with the audience and where people can find you online. Yeah. Um, at Rez on Twitter, that's R-E-3-Zs. And Rez.com online, you can find anything out there. And if you are a developer or designer and you're looking to learn a little bit more about how to build a predictable income, you can find a free opt-in right there on the homepage. Excellent. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Online Course Show. You can find all the detailed show notes and links from today's show by going to theonlinecourseguy.com slash 95. And if you're listening to this and are not part of the free Facebook community, then I want to personally invite you to join. It's a group of course creators and aspiring course creators all helping each other out. So if you don't just want to listen to me, but actually interact with me and others on this journey, then check out that free group by going to theonlinecourseguy.com and click on community right at the top, or just search for the online course community on Facebook. And one final note to everyone listening out there, if you've gotten anything out of this podcast and want to support the show, I'd appreciate you very much if you left a review on whatever platform that you're currently listening to this on. Reviews help tremendously in getting others to find the show as well. And like I said, if you feel like giving back and supporting my efforts here, I'd sincerely appreciate a review of the show. So that's it, guys. Thanks for hanging out with me for another episode. And I will be back soon with yet another episode of The Online Course Show.